I wanted to play an instrument Cause musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument is kinda hard I tried the harmonica but I really sucked I tried the guitar but my fingers couldn't do it I was ready to give up Then I saw a little instrument in the shop It didn't cost too much so I gave it a shot Now I play all the time and my friends do too And who knew ukulele is the new black It's the new black Everybody's playing it Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why this little instrument has become so popular. In today's episode, I have a chat with Jeff Skellums. I've been playing with Jeff in the Ukulele Republic of Canberra and Loud in the Library over the past few years. Jeff's passionate about pushing beyond the wall of strum that most groups settle for, and I really admire his determination to master finger-picking and Hawaiian slack key. He's also a great guy who shares many of my geeky interests, and I really enjoyed chatting with him. Just a note, during our chat, Jeff plays a few bars of a piece of music called Dragonfly by A.J. Leonard. Jeff hadn't played this in ages, and he wasn't happy with how he played it, but I left it in because I kind of liked it. Apologies, Jeff, and trust me, listeners, he can play it really well. Enjoy the episode. Ukulele player, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Dr. Hildegard Langstrom, and I am quite, quite mad. <laughs> oh, I must be in the wrong house. <laughs> dwarf quiet for the wind. <laughs> we can do that yet if you want. But... Jeff Skillens. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Lovely to have you on the podcast, Jeff. Thanks. Have me. Um, I think that's that's the best introduction we've had so far. Oh, well. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So, so Jeff, we know each other from multiple ukulele groups, I Indeed. guess, in Canberra. Yep. So how long have you, have you been playing ukulele? Three and a bit years. Three and a bit? Is that all? Yep. You do it quite well. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> well, maybe I should die yours. I'm not very much. <laughs> so normally my question is, have you played other instruments before? Of course, I know that you have. I've seen you playing them. And of course, we're in here yeah. in your music room and I'm surrounded by Crazy string fans. instruments. <laughs> So, but tell me about um, when you first started playing music. I started playing music was in 2014. Um, Not so long ago, either. Four and a half years. Less than four and a half years. And I'd wanted to play for years. Like, back in high school, in year eight, I had the, the school I was going to, one of the teachers decided to have guitar lessons. And I went to two lessons, and I remember a strumming pattern, and literally, that is it. And I was about 13 at the time. And I thought, I've got no musical talent. And over the years, I was like, oh... I'd really love to learn how to play guitar. That'd be really cool. But it was always too hard and whatever. And then my brother sold me his bass in the 90s, and it sat in the closet and gathered dust for about four years until he gave it away. And I thought, oh, yeah. And then four years ago, we were walking past Aldi, and they had guitars for 50 bucks the next Is week. Is there anything they don't sell in Aldi? I don't think so. No. <laughs> but I said to my wife, I said, I've always wanted to learn guitar. She said, do it. So the next week, I was down there, and I bought a cheap Aldi guitar. Discovered justinguitar.com yep. on the net and learned how to play a few chords and then fell in love with Ovation guitars and met up through the internet, a guy in town who played those. He said, come along and join now. We've got this folk and bluegrass jam session once a month. Come along to that and I can show you my guitar. Okay. So I went along to that. So I was part of that group for about 12 months. 
till I discovered that I really, really don't like bluegrass. <laughs> you know, because it was all very bluegrassy and gospel, and I really don't like either. No, no. So I, well, I pulled a pin on that one eventually. Um, but it was it was enough to get me started and learning the basic GCD chords on guitar, which is the same as CFG chords on yep. ukulele, same shapes. And early on, I hated the sound of ukulele. I thought, I want nothing to do with that. And then in, oh, it would have been about July of 2014, I was doing some research about Ovation guitars and stumbled across Jim West's Wikipedia page. Now, Jim West is Widow Yankovic's main guitarist. Right. And it said that Jim played Kihualu, which is Hawaiian flat key. And I went, what's that? And went and jumped on YouTube and went, oh, I've got to learn to play that. So I bought the books and started to learn how to, how to play Kihualu. But you start listening to Hawaiian music, you get to listen to ukulele you a lot. You kind of have to. It's yeah. kind of mandatory. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, you know, this is pretty good. You know, this is not as bad as I thought. It doesn't suck that much after all. No. And then in May of 2015, I got sent to Brisbane for work for a week. And I thought, I can't really afford to bring one of my guitars on the plane, but I'm getting paid 90 bucks a day per DMs, and I'm going to eat takeaway for the week. I'm going to go and buy a ukulele. <laughs> So the first day there, you know, I was up at five o'clock in the morning to catch the flight from Canberra to Brisbane. So I figured I've done my eight hours. I'll, I'll knock off at three o'clock and I caught the bus up the hill to Paddington and went to a music store and spent 115 bucks of my per diems and bought a cheap laminate concert side you. $115 is not too bad either. No, it was pretty good. You can, you can do a lot I've worse. still got it. Um, I keep it because I keep it in high G stringing, whereas my other ukulele is in low G. Yep. Um, but I got it back and, and I looked up a few ukulele chords and went, ha, huh, these are the same shape as guitar chords, just in different places without the top of the bottom two strings. So within about 20 minutes, I was playing three chord songs on uke. Excellent. So for the rest of the week, I'd, you know, knock off work, go back to my hotel, yep. get a bit of, you know, hamburger or something for dinner and then strum the, the night away. <laughs> um, and discovered, hey, wow, you can play CFG chords on ukulele a hell of a lot easier than you can on guitar because you don't have to do bar chords. So that was good. And then it would be about August, September 2015. I showed up to Europe for the first time. Yeah, and then basically that went from there. And then last year I bought myself a nice Carly tenor, which is lovely. And, yeah, it's low G to the end of the floor. We'll play it probably a bit later. Yep, it's, it's pretty pretty too. Uh, what else have I got? And I bought my guitar lately with some money I did for some freelance writing. So- Tell me about the guitar lately, because we're looking at it, and yeah. to me it just looks like a small guitar. Well, technically, so, technically it is. So it, is it so is it strung like a normal guitar? Uh, no. It's if it's strung standard, standard tuning, it's strung. It's tuned like a guitar capoed at the fifth fret. So the same as a ukulele is tuned. Okay, like so it's like a ukulele with two extra two strings. strings, two bottom strings. Oh, my head's exploding. <laughs> Now, this said, I've got this one tuned for a slack key tuning, so it's actually an open C. So if I strum it, if I pick this up and strum it, like this, that's a C chord with nothing fretted. Oh, that's so pretty, isn't it? Okay. Do it again. It's nice. And then you can do cool things like... Yeah. <laughs> Long fret. Yeah. For someone who's had been playing for what four years, 
It was pretty bloody good. <laughs> well, and that's a, that's a really easy tune. But it was. I'm. What's a what's a nice way of putting it? I'm obsessed with learning how to play fingerstyle. Strumming bores me silly. It's fun for a while, but I find it's a dead end. You know, it's easy enough to pick up a guitar or pick up a uke and strum and you know learn a few chords and play songs. And a lot of people get really comfortable in that position, but to me, it's a dead end. You know, I want to play melodic fingerstyle stuff. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I, I would love to. I just. I don't have the patience, and I, I can do it. Sometimes I will sit down, and I, and that first that first time you came along to, um, lad in the library, and would have been a few times in, and you you brought those um, finger finger picking patterns yep. with you, and I, one of those I thought, okay, this is the one I'm going to do, and if I am in in the zone, I can actually sit down and do it reasonably well. Oh, that, was, that was one of the weird things because. Um... Finger picking on a ukulele is a bit tricky with a high G. It's a lot easier with a low G. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I like having a low G. <laughs> yeah, the, the Travis picking style. So if I just get a C chord and I go. You know, yeah. something like that. And I'd gone over to a friend's place. Uh, for a party one up one Sunday afternoon, she's bringing a ukulele along, so I was playing, and she got distracted. And one of the songs that you brought to Lad in the library was Afternoon Delight. Yes. And, you know, we used to... We love Afternoon Delight. Something like that. And I was just mucking around. I was kind of zoning out, and, you know, next thing you know, I was just... Oh, that's the chord sequence for afternoon delight. <laughs> yes. I wasn't even really conscious of what I was. I just, you know, I just and just mm. did it without yeah. thinking. I was like, oh, holy crap! Um, so, uh, to me, finger picking is where it's at. Uh, it's much, much nicer. It's a lot harder because I started on guitar and I learned it there. If I grab one of my hose, but probably a bit fiddly. Um, but you're now also. So I just grab one of my guitars. The mini. One of the many. And a friend of mine used to play a song called Red Tail Hawk. And it's a two chord song, A minor and G. picking pattern yep. just two chords and I just learnt to do it but yeah then in so that was and that, that's kind of where it started and where, where I've come from but um, that's where I'm going <laughs> well I think that's a very good place to go and it's it's good to do something that not everyone else is doing it is and it isn't 
Yeah. Well, um, yes. And I guess we might get onto this too, because um, one of one of the questions which you know I am going to ask you is, um, do you like to play with other people? I actually play, love playing yeah. with other people, um, but I find it really difficult to stay long term in a group because, as I said, I find strumming to be a dead end. And most groups are, let's play songs and let's just strum, and that's all we want to do. And so, God, here we go. Well, that's part of it. And, and for me, because I'm so focused on one particular sound that I eventually want to get really good at, because I don't think I'm that good yet, I want to – I find it really hard to, to, to enjoy the music other people enjoy. Because I tend to find – I go off on tangents or – I have very different tastes. So, you know, people are happy to play 80s hit songs. I was like, no, I like listening to 80s hit songs, but I don't enjoy playing them. Mm. It's not the sound that I'm looking for. It's not the style I'm looking for. And when I go to a group, I'm really cognizant of, I get frustrated and annoyed when I have to play a song that somebody else brings that I don't like. So by the same token, I'm not prepared to inflict my songs that I like on other people if they're not going to enjoy them. You know, it's different if they do enjoy it. But when in the of the library, the Last year, yeah, it was last year, um, I spent about 10, 15 hours learning a song called Camouflage. Yep. Brought it along. We played it once and everyone went, Ugh. <laughs> And I was like, thanks. I just wasted all that effort. But it's always a gamble. And I've had heaps of songs, same same group. Where I've, yeah. I, I love this song. It's just going to be so – and you bring along people, eh. And I think, yeah, they're not going to play that again. And it is one of the things we're playing with the group. I love playing with other people, but there's always that compromise. Yeah. The fact that you know you're going to have to play some songs you don't like. Yeah. But but that's, I guess, the price you pay to play the songs you do like, like with those people. And it's, if you can find a common ground, it's great. But I just find that my tastes are so diverse and what I want to – the direction I want to go in is usually radically different from other people. Yeah. I can do it for a while or I can do it on a sort of every now and again basis. Yeah. But and with most groups, that's fine. They have yeah. to drop in occasionally. You don't have to, you know, sign in blood to come every week. No. Well, <laughs> you know, particularly with the early days of Loud in the Library, you know, I was committed. I was there every second week and um, I didn't miss any sessions for, for a long time. But it was also a case of I felt – like I had to learn all the songs that everyone else wanted because people tended to look to me because, you know, people thought, oh, you're a strong player. So people would bring a song and not actually learn how to play it. Oh, let's play this. Well, how does it go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'd go home and, and then spend a week chewing up my practice time learning a song that I didn't even like. Um, and then come along and go, and then play it. And everyone just goes, oh, you're a genius. I'm like, no, it's because I packed my ass in a chair and practiced really hard. But you don't see that. And that was – I just – over time, the number of songs that was like that grew to the point where the frustration level just grew and people were looking at me to teach them stuff or, oh, Jeff, you know how to do this. No, I don't. You know, or, you can figure this out. No, I can't. I'm not that good. <laughs> So you fooled us all by, by appearing to be amazing. Yeah, I do that a lot, apparently. It's really frustrating. <laughs> it drives me to despair. <laughs> You're going to have to learn how to look dumb and play badly. No, I can't do that. No, I know. You, you, your standards are too high. Yeah, way too high. They're, they're even too high for me because I think I sound like crap half the time. But people go, that's really good. Really? <laughs> no, it's not. But we're always our own worst critic. Oh, and I'm terrible at it. I'm really hard on myself, and, and, but it's. I guess it's also one way I force myself to keep going because I'm not where I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was always beating myself up. It was when I was 
when we were in um, Shoalhaven, um, we were doing some playing there, and I, I just get frustrated because I couldn't do things. And Janine said to me, how long have you been playing? I said, two years. She said, for two years, you can play more chords than most people. You know, uh, you, you know them. And I thought, yeah, okay, just because I can't play, you know, like, yeah. Janine. Janine. Yes. <laughs> Good example. Um, yes, doesn't mean that I'm I'm not improving and I'm not good. Um, oh, that's it. But all all you ever hear when you play yourself, you, all you hear is the mistakes. Yes. You don't hear the good bits. And that's right. And it's, it's it's a very. I mean, it's 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 a brain. We all have stupid brains like that, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, it, for me, like I, lo- I love playing the slack key style. Um, and we need to talk about that too, because I kind of theoretically know know what it is. Well, Tell well, us all about it. And, I'm and, no <laughs> expert. I'm not even ho- remotely Hawaiian. You know more than I do. That's that's yeah. enough. <laughs> Um, I'm not remotely Hawaiian, but it is a native Hawaiian folk style. Uh, the accepted story is that in when the British first came to Hawaii, so Captain Cook voyages, and shortly after, I think it was George Vancouver, gifted King Kamehameha the first with four cows, and the king put a taboo one on the basics. No one's allowed to touch these, and so they they grew and bred, and over time they took over the Big Island. Right, and a later king. Um, basically went, whoa, hang on, I've got a problem here. There's too many cows. So he imported um, Mexican cowboys, or paniolos, they called them, to help train the native Hawaiians on how to look after cattle and herd them up and stuff like that. And the story was that the cowboys worked hard, but they, they brought their guitars with them. Right. And so they were there for a while and taught the native, you know, the Hawaiians how to play. And then when they left, they left their guitars behind, and the Hawaiians went, well, this is pretty cool, and they adapted the native chants and stuff like that and then developed this very folky around the campfire, around on the, you know, sitting around after work of an evening or on a weekend, and they played music. You know, it was very family-oriented, and it was very secret. You know, people would hide the tunings and hide the fingerings when they played because it was, it was a family-held secret. Oh, it's like your old family recipe. Or yeah, yeah, to the point where some people really, you know, some of them would actually play with a paper bag on their hand, like put a, a paper bag over their hand with their fretting hand so you couldn't see what they were actually fretting. <laughs> that would make it uh, – there's an extra degree of difficulty in there, isn't there, Yeah, you're actually playing? <laughs> when you look it up on YouTube and it's like, wow. There's, there's a, a guy uh, called Ledwood Ka'opana who is an absolutely sensational slack key player. And there's actually a video of YouTube on him playing a tune with a bag on his hand like his <laughs> uncle used to. Um, but if you wanted to learn slack key, you basically had to watch very carefully what people did and then mm. get a guitar and then figure it out for yourself. And then if you eventually got to a point where you were semi-reasonable, then they'd start teaching you the secrets. So you've learned a few secrets. Well, these days it's a lot easier. In the 1970s, slack key was at the point of dying out. And or in the 1970s? Might have been a bit earlier than that. Um, but they had what they call the Hawaiian Renaissance, and one guy called Gabby Pa'anui brought it into the mainstream and recorded a tune called Hiliave, and that became one of the big, the first really big popular slack key numbers, and then over time a few people started releasing books on how to play it or videos on how to play it. And that's why, you know, I found out about the style, and I jumped on and did a lot of research and found a book by a guy called Ozzy Katani. And it's like, this is, you know, they recommend this is where you start. Mm-hmm. This is the book to get. So, I'm like, okay, I bought that book and I tuned my guitar differently and I learned how to play a few tunes. And so, you know, I've learned a few tunes from that and I've learned a few tunes from other places. But I really only know, I don't know, six to eight slack key tunes. That's more than I know. 
Well, <laughs> well most people in the It's like, oh, what's that? Never heard of that. Yeah, okay. But I learned it from Tab. Um, so it tells you where to put your fingers and when, you know. Yep. And you listen to the music and you figure out, okay, it's this, this is the timing and stuff. But good slate key players don't actually play the piece the same way twice. Ah, oh, okay. It's a bit like, it's like very, jazz. Yeah, it's a very improvised. Um, so to give you an idea, I'm, I'm still, this is where I'm stuck. It's driving me mental. But, you know, the first time through the piece, they might play it. play it that way. Okay, the second time through, they might play it. So it's kind of the same tune, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good players just make stuff up on the fly. So they've got the same tune and they're playing all different fingerings and they're putting in hammer-ons and pull-offs and slides. And it's like, how do you do that? What do you know when to I play? I they've and... been doing it for a while. Well, they have. And, you know, this is where I, I should cut myself a lot more like I've been playing guitar for four years. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean. <laughs> and I didn't know that you'd been playing. I, I always assumed you'd been playing guitar for ages and you'd picked up ukulele recently because that's how well you play. Well, thank you. So, you know. But no, it's, I literally have only been that's playing That's why we since... all look to you for guidance. <laughs> I know. It's, it's flattering in a way. It's just, and then people go, oh, can you teach me this? And I was like, no, I'm not a freaking teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so... You have the guitars, you yep. have the guitar lately, and you have the ukulele. Yep. So do you play them depending on your mood? Very much. Different, yeah, or not different songs have different instrument? Um, not really. I've got, well, yes and, yes and no. Um, until today where I've got my uh, third guitar, fourth guitar, if you can't wait, electric. Um, I have an electric guitar that I play unplugged because it's quiet. Yeah. Um, I have an ovation tuned to standard tuning for playing normal stuff. I have an ovation tuned to open G or tarot patch tuning for playing slack down. I've got my gintalele, which is tuned to open C or tarot patch C for playing slack key on. And I've got my two ukes and one is in high G and one is in low G. So, um, do you ever use the high G? Occasionally, not as much as I used to. Yeah. Um, I pulled it out the other night and started playing AJ Leonard's Dragonfly. All right. For the first time in ages. Yeah. And then remember, discovered that I couldn't remember half of it. <laughs> but that's a fun tune too. Um, yeah, we need to we need to play some you. It was that was in 20, 2016. AJ Leonard came to Canberra and did this masterclass with Eurock. Hopefully, this is not tune. I pulled it out since the other night. Um, and I went, oh, this sounds all right. Let's go and have a look at this. And. So, you know, I got in and it was like... So I just learnt that, and I spent about a week, week and a half, learning the whole tune until I could play it from memory. 
And then the next time I went to Europe, I was sitting there at break and just playing it. And people just going, <laughs> <laughs> You're a free <freak>. player. <laughs> you know, because I've been learning things like ham- the hammer-ons and pull-offs, you know. That's a trick. Because Slack Key, Slack Key uses it all the time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, see. And so for me, it was like, oh, yeah, cool. No worries. Let's carry on. And there were people in the class who, how does that work? Hey, do that. I was like, you've never done this? Oh, okay. That's weird. I thought everybody knew how to do this. <laughs> um, I like, hmm. So I take for granted a lot of the stuff I know how to do mm. and just think that, oh, everyone does this. But that's the sort of stuff I like, you know, it's, I thought I liked folky fingerstyle, but it, it's actually, I realized only this past week that what I'm actually really looking for is melodic fingerstyle, where you play a melody as part of the gen, not just the same finger pattern. Yes. That sounds harder, but much better. It is a lot harder, and that's where I've gotten stuck, is I don't know how to do it. I can play a Travis picking pattern, which is the same pattern over and over again, yep. just changing chords, which sounds great, but it's more an accompaniment, whereas yep. what I want yeah, to do is right. like a chord melody style finger pattern, which is a lot harder and a lot different. And I basically what I've run into is I don't know enough music. Mm. I don't understand music well enough to figure it out. Um, I did find a new YouTube channel uh, earlier in the week. It's mainly for guitar, but, you know. It's transferable. It is. It's yeah. pretty much the same concept. A lot of people go, oh, you know, if it's in guitar, it's too hard. It's the same thing. Mm. It's just... Just different number of strings. Different number of strings. So... You know, I was picking that up, and it was a really sweet little tune. Very basic. Uh, let where it goes. simple stuff. Mm. It's so pretty. Yeah, it's nice. And um, there's a tune that I first heard back in 1995. I went, went overseas to North America with some friends of mine. And I came back with a CD called The Appalachian Mountain Suite. It was part of a series called Dan Gibson's Solitudes. And Dan Gibson was a nature. What he used to do is he invented a parabolic microphone. And he'd go out into nature and record birds and animals and streams and the wind and whatever else we could find. And he originally started releasing a series of Nature Sounds albums. And then somewhere along the line, he teamed up with musicians and released all this sort of ambient music mixed in with the Nature Sounds. Now, one of the tunes on the Appalachian Mountain Suite is a song called Around the Campfire. So it starts off, you've got a crackling campfire, you've got owls and you've got other birds, and then you've just got this guitar comes in over the top and it's just like, oh, I've got to learn how to play that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I yeah. love it. And um, I've been listening to that tune for 20 years, 20-something years. In fact, there was one time I was stressing out about something. I think it was in a post-breakup with a girlfriend of mine. I was listening to that song on CD at work on repeat. <laughs> and it was just chilling me out to the point where I was cutting programming code. I was like, I'm listening to this tune, and it's got a campfire and this guitar, and it's in the comment block in, in this program. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And then they will give them to somebody else and they were reviewing my code. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Life is pretty good. <laughs> um, but I, 
still haven't learned how to play that tune. One of these days I'm going to have to sit down and just yeah. figure it out. Yeah. But I need to get my ear training better for that. I've learned from books, I've learned from YouTube, and I've learned from hanging out with other people. So I guess this stems back to, yes, I enjoy hanging out with other, playing with other people because you do learn stuff. You ever wonder how your life might have been different if you'd started playing when you were 20? Oh, God, yes. You could yeah. have been. You could have done a Jonathan Colton and given up your coding job mm, and become nice. going on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> when I was twenty five, there was a guy who used to sit out at Western Creek near the shops. He used to sit in the milk crate and play classical guitar, and God, he was good. He was like he just bask, but he was oh so good, so good. Loved it. And I always thought, oh, maybe she get lessons. Maybe she get lessons. Never did. Never did. I was like, myself now. I think, oh, how much better would it have been? Yeah, I just think how many years I've wasted not, not playing music. Yeah, you, you, and I mean, that's just, you know, I was doing other things, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, sitting here in my, my music room, I've got a seven-foot bookcase full of role-playing books. Which, that's a very good habit to have as well, which I... Well, it used to be. I yeah, I know. Well, we, anymore, we won't talk about that on this podcast, <laughs> but you really do need to play your games again. Yeah. Well, I, I even went into freelance writing, so there's about a dozen books in that bookcase that have got my name in them, which is pretty cool. In fact, that's how I bought my guitar lately. Was oh, okay. My freelance writing paid for my other hobby. Well, that is a good reason to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> it used to be the case of, you know, I'd get a freelance check and guess what? I'd bill it about the same size that arrived the week before. So my freelance checks got swallowed by bills. This that's time always, said, sadly, always the way. I went, no way. This time I'm spending this damn check on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered my guitar lately from Hawaii. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, I think it's time for the, my final question, yeah. which is how has ukulele changed your life? It's introduced me to some really cool people. Um, and I must admit, if it wasn't for ukulele, I would never have played slack key with another person. Huh. Because um, in 2016, the Newcastle Ukulele Festival had a guy called Mark Kyle Nelson come out from the States. Now, Mark is a person whose videos I'd used to learn how to play slack key. I've got a couple of his books on how to play Slack Key. And when I found out he was coming out to teach a Slack Key workshop at the festival, I said to my wife, may I go to Newcastle? <laughs> and she went, yes. So I went and um, I got in touch with Mark beforehand and said, can we just catch up and play Slack Key? And he went, yeah, that'd be great. So the Saturday morning, instead of going to the festival, we went, I went around to the place where he was staying and it was a rainy Saturday morning. And we sat out on the porch and Sam and Lucy, my man, who'd played the night before, came as well. They played Hawaiian ukulele stuff. And the four of us just had a Hawaiian jam session on the porch oh, in the rain. That so was, nice. Oh, so <laughs> sweet. I felt really intimidated because Sam's a professional jazz musician in Melbourne. Mm. And Mark's been playing for years and teachers and, and stuff like that. And here I am. I've been playing slack key for two years. <laughs> the player, they want me to take a solo. I'm just going, no. <laughs> no, I'm not good enough. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to play. You know, and this comes back to the um, in slack key, you, you, you improvise. You, and I don't know how. Mm. I don't know how to improvise yet, and it drives me mental because I can't figure it out. Yeah. And you look at YouTube or you go to books and stuff, and it's like, here, learn to improvise. It's all the blues. And the blues is just not a genre that I, I get into. Right? Yeah. You know, it's just not, it doesn't resonate with me. So I go, I don't want to learn that. But if you know, if that's the path, all you know, it seems to be this if you pick up ukulele or pick up guitar, you've got you're supposed to learn to like the blues. And it's like, no. 
no thanks. It's not, not my cup of tea. So, yeah, that's how ukuleles change my life. You know, I've met some great people. Um, I got to meet Mark. So, hi, Mark, if you're listening. Uh, I hope so. If not... I'll ping him and let yes, him know. Yes, let him know. <laughs> we need more listeners. <laughs> Listen to this. So, yeah, that, it's, 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 it's really cool. People play ukulele. It's great. Well... Thank you so much. It's You're been welcome. a great chat. I've enjoyed it. Cool. It's a bit different to some of the usual ones. Yeah, well, that's – I don't want them all to be the same. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff. You're welcome. After our chat, Jeff played me a full slack key piece. I won't offend Hawaiians by trying to pronounce the name of the piece, but it's in the show notes. Apparently, it translates to the look of your face when in pleasure. Also, Jeff inspired me to make an effort with my finger-picking. Hang around after the credits and I'll play you my version of a classic 80s song by Australian band Mondo Rock, where I do a reasonable attempt at finger-picking, although I still need to work on my timing. Australian listeners should be familiar with the song, which is all about teenage lust. I hope my international listeners enjoy it too. But first, here's Jeff's piece.
Ukulele is the New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper, and I also wrote and performed the theme tune. Graphic design is by Seb Carrero. Details of songs played by Jeff in today's episode are in the show notes, as well as links to some other things he mentioned in the show. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Tumblr, or your podcatcher of choice. Our YouTube channel has a playlist of songs relating to each podcast episode. Want to support the show? Please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review on iTunes, we love those, and go to the website, ukuleleisanewblack.com, to donate or to buy merch, including t-shirts, mugs, stickers, badges, and water bottles. And get in touch if you want to talk to me. I love getting emails from listeners, and I'll start reading some out soon. Also, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time.
Cause it's the new black.